Good morning. I know we have people still filing in. If you would, while they're coming in, would you just take out your worship bulletin? I want to go over a couple quick announcements on it. And make sure that we, we notice some things. All right, first up, we are looking for van drivers. If you are a good driver and able to drive a van or ride in a van as a helper, please let me know. I've had zero people do that so far since we announced it last week. So we need some van drivers on Sunday morning and also Wednesdays. So if you're interested in that or able to help out with that, please let me know. Also, the women's group is going to be at the Detweilers this Saturday and they are going out on the pontoon so if you're interested uh, Janet where's Janet Janet would you raise your hand would you raise your hand all right so if you're interested in coming out to the women's group see Janet she can tell you where she lives and and help you out with that men's group is going to be meeting at the church at 8 30 a.m. we'll have breakfast and a time of fellowship and, and just uh, talking about what's going on in our lives. So if you can come be a part of that, we usually meet in the kitchen over here and the food's always really good. So make sure you, you notice that. Then also I want to remind you that this Wednesday we are going to be feeding the community. We're going to be out at the Doster Plaza. That's right next to Don Graham's office where, the, where um, there used to be a gazebo on Myrtle Avenue. We're going to be there from 6 to 7.30, feeding the community. So I need people that can grill. I'm not a good griller. If you are able to grill hot dogs or hamburgers or something like that, uh, let me know. If you have cornhole or something like that that you can bring to this event, please do that. What we're going to do is basically go out there for a time of fellowship. We're going to, um, they, they, there's usually like 50 or 60 people that come from the community to this. We're just going to say, hey, can we pray for you about anything? Is there anything that we can help you with? And then we're just going to pray for them, feed them, and, and play some games. So awesome way to serve our community. This Wednesday, starting at 6, please come like a little early, maybe 5.45, maybe 5.30 if you're going to help grill and uh, help us out with that. All right, I think that's all I have to announce. Would you stand with me? Today we're... Today we're moving away from the Revelation series, taking a break for that for, for at least one or maybe two Sundays. I just feel really called to go in a, a different direction um, and kind of talk about something else that's kind of heavy on my heart right now. So we're going to be, we're going to be talking about that today. But let's just, let's just pray that our thoughts and our attentions and our focus are, are turned to God, right? And that we... We're preparing our hearts to give him the praise and worship that he's due, right? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the ability to gather. Lord, we look around at what's going on in our world. And, and Father, if there was ever a time for the church to rise up, it's now. Help us to be light in the darkness, Lord. Help us to, to reach people. Help us to introduce people to you. Lord, I know what a difference you've made in my life, and I can't imagine going through life without knowing you. So, Father, I pray that you'd give us all opportunities as we go out of this place to share you with people, to introduce you. Lord, we give you all praise and honor. You alone are worthy of that. Lord, let us, when we sing, sing to you. Whether we like the songs or don't like the songs, whether anything happens or doesn't happen, Lord, help us just to be devoted and concentrating and giving you all the glory. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen.
moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will see of the goodness of God I love you Lord Oh your mercy never fails me All my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my chapter 14, Mark 14. 2020 was quite the year, right? Quite the year. I, I love the Christmas ornament that is a dumpster fire and it has 2020 on it. I thought that was like the perfect Christmas ornament for that year. I, I heard someone say that in the years to come, 2020 was going to become an adjective. Like you're acting so 2020 right now. Or or <laughs> don't make me go all 2020 on you, right? It's just a crazy season. And God forbid, it feels like it's coming back, doesn't it? We review 2020 in the name of Jesus Christ and say, never come back, right? There's a statistic that just came out recently from the National Center of Health, and it contrasted the emotional state of people 
in July of 2019 to July of 2020. What a difference one year makes. According to study, in July of 2019, 8.2% of people, of adults, showed signs of this mental state that I want to talk about today. One year later, on July of 2020, that grew from 8.2 to 36%, 36% of adults showing signs of struggling with this particular mental state. Anybody want to guess what it is? Depression, good guess. Anxiety. Anxiety disorder grew from 8.2% to over one in three. One in three, that's just a crazy statistic. And, and I'm telling you, I have not seen the final results for, for what it is in kids, but I've heard that it is just as staggering. Kids having to deal with anxiety like never before. I've had more people come up to me this year and tell me that they're dealing with anxiety. I've been dealing with anxiety. It started over a year ago. And while I found a lot of peace for it, it still rears its ugly head in my life. Just a, a week ago, I was up at 4 a.m., locked in on this one thing that was just on my mind that I could not shake. The next night, the same thing. An intense worry, a dread, an excessive fear that you just cannot shake. And it, you can't sleep. I want to share what I've learned. I want to share what God's showing me. And I think it can help us out. Whether or not you're dealing with anxiety, whether or not you're dealing with depression, grief, whatever it is, or something similar, I think God's word can, can speak to that today. Now, before I, I talk about this I want to acknowledge that anxiety or any of these other issues like depression, it's complicated, right? It's complicated. It can be physiological, it can be emotional, it can be situational, and it can be spiritual. There are many facets to this. So if you are struggling with something, I would encourage you to take a holistic approach and attack it from multiple different angles. You might want to see a doctor or a nutritionist. Right? You might want to talk to and look at your diet and what you're eating. Our diet plays a huge role in our emotional health and our emotional and mental well-being in adults and in kids. Exercising also plays a, a huge role in that. We know that if we exercise, it's going to help us out, not just physically, but mentally as well. When we're not eating well, we're not exercising, probably like this last season right? It was kind of hard to do those things. Um, we might want to take a good look at those areas, or you might want to examine those areas. Are you exercising? Are you fueling your body with, with healthy foods? You might want to talk to a counselor. We have to remove the stigma that it's wrong, or you're weird, or something like that. A professional Man, they can be a great resource to us. If you do that, please find somebody from a Christian point of view that has a Christian worldview and it's one that's going to look at whatever issue you're dealing with holistically in different areas. I have recommended people talk to counselors. It's necessary. There's nothing wrong with that. Those areas that I've just mentioned are outside of my wheelhouse, though. All right, I'm not an expert in those areas. I'm not an expert in any area. But the only area that I'm kind of qualified to speak of is the spiritual area. And that's what I want to examine this issue from today. So that's what we're going to be looking at. Specifically, I want to look at this from, from Jesus' point of view when he experienced it. I want to crush the idea that if you are experiencing some of these things, depression, anxiety, fear, excessive grief, that you are not living by faith. I want to I crush that, all right, because that is simply not true. I want to crush the idea that you're not a good Christian, that you don't have faith, or you might not be trusting God. It's just simply not the case. We, we all get angry, right? Anger is not a sin. It's not a sin to be angry. The Bible says that in your anger, do not sin. 
Jesus got angry, though. Jesus experienced that. Jesus also, I think, in the passage that we're going to read today, experienced anxiety. Mark chapter 14, beginning at verse 32. Mark 14, 32. I think if we look at this passage objectively, I think that we'll see that Jesus even dealt with an extreme bout with anxiety. And that might shock some of you. But experiencing anxiety is not a sign that you're not right with God. We've got to get past that. Jesus experienced anxiety as he looked ahead of what was coming. Right? At what he would have to endure, the suffering, the pain, the rejection. All those things were, were on his mind as he looked ahead to the cross. Mark 14, beginning at verse 32. They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. If you're taking notes today, the first thing that you want to write down, the first thing that we see Jesus do when he experiences this this time of trial, this this anxiety, this grief, the first thing he does is he talks to his close friends. Whenever you're feeling overwhelmed, I would encourage you, whenever you're feeling anxious, whenever you're feeling down, right? Whenever you're feeling a heaviness or depressed or a weight, talk to some godly people. Talk to some close friends friends. Talk to your family. This, this passage that we just read was after the Last Supper. Je- Judas has left to betray him. I'm sure that's weighing on his heart as well, right? I'm sure that's hitting him hard. Betrayed by a close friend that he spent the last three years with. But he has his other close friends. He has his life group with them. We all need a life group, a small group of friends that we can go to and talk to and lean on and be there for people and help them out, right? Jesus has a small life group. He grabs three, Peter, James, and John, shares them what he's dealing with. Look what he tells them. Listen to what he tells them. This this is God. My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. The Son of God, fully God, says my soul is crushed to the point of death. Another translation, overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. The one who is perfect, the one who has never sinned, the one who has full communion with the Father was deeply distressed and troubled to the point of death death. I don't think that's an exaggeration. Have you ever been in a similar pit in your life? Darkness and despair all around you? Why was he experiencing this? Well, we know while he was fully God, he was also fully man. He experienced the same things that we do. And he knew the horror that was coming. We know he would be arrested. We know he would be tortured. He would be beaten. He would be mocked. And then he would be crucified in the most painful and humiliating way that you could go. Even worse, though, Jesus, who never sinned, was about to bear the weight of every sin. He was about to become sin as the payment for sin. So imagine, he's never sinned. He's always enjoyed full fellowship with the Father and communion with the Father. And he's about to become abuse. He's about to become hatred. He's about to become racism. He's about to become rape. He's about to become envy, greed, lying. And the list goes on and on. Right? He is going to become all of that. Holiness becomes filthiness. 
the one that never sinned became sin. And because of that, the father would turn his back on him, would turn, I should say, away from him. Listen to Jesus' words again and, and notice the raw honesty he tells his closest friends. Guys, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. In other words, I'm feeling so crushed that it feels like it's going to kill me. Would you just stay by me and keep watch? Jesus talked to his friends. I believe one of the biggest reasons that people are dealing with with anxiety and all these other things in such elevated ways is because we lack community. We lack community. We don't know who our neighbors are. We shut our doors. We don't eat dinner with people, right? Community was taken away from us a year ago, right? Community was taken away. Think about the people who are scared to death about this virus, scared to death about this virus coming back, scared to death about economics, Throw on top of that all the fun that we had with the election, right? Pile all that up and then keep everyone away from everyone else, from their community, from their friends, from their family, from their church family. It's a recipe for anxiety. God gave us community as a gift. God did not intend us to do life alone. Community, fellowship is a gift from God. To be united in a cause, right? That's great. But also carrying each other's burdens. That's what we're called to do. We're family. We're family. And we're here for each other. Hope you see the importance of church. It's not just about coming and getting fed. You should feed yourself. You should be perfectly fine without a pastor up here. You should be eating steak every day by yourself, right? It's not about what you get out of it. It's about being available for your family. It's about carrying each other's burdens. It's about lifting people up. It's about encouraging people. Who in here, when you listen to those prayer requests, did God say, man, I feel for them? Who can you reach out to this week and say, hey, I'm praying for you? Who can you go up to after this service and just lay your hands on them and say, hey, can I just pray for you? Man, what, you, what I heard, it, it's deeply touching me, and, and I just want you to know that I'm, I'm here for you. If you need anything, if you need a hug, I'm here for you. You have a role in that. And if you aren't a part of church, if you aren't a part of community, man, the church suffers. You're important. Be a part of it, right? This quarantine, this isolation. I imagine that we're going to see in years to come the horrible effect it had on an entire generation. You go back to Genesis, and after God creates man, what does he say? It's not good for man to be alone, right? It's not good for us to be alone. He also tells the church, don't give up meeting together, right? Yeah, you, you, can, you can not go to church, but we're told don't give up meeting together. What do you think the enemy wants? The enemy wants to isolate us and pick us off one by one. That's his plan. Ah, you don't have to go to church today. You don't have to go to that small group. You don't have to go to that men's breakfast. You know, you got a lot of stuff going on. You don't need it. One Sunday won't hurt. Two Sundays won't hurt. It's all part of this plan. How did you feel when we were able to gather together as a church? I was relieved. I was full of joy. I was refreshed. I, I missed this. I missed you. Most of you. Most of you. <laughs> There's something special about the presence of God with other believers, though, with your friends and your family. Something special about that. It's like the difference in praying for someone and praying with someone. There's a difference, right? There's a difference between seeing somebody put something out on Facebook. Hey, pray for me. Hey, if I see that, I will pray for you. I will stop what I'm doing 
and I will pray for you. But that's a whole lot different than if I come up to you and put my hands on you and pray for you. I love it when you guys pray for me. I feel those prayers. But when you come up to me and pray for me and my family, when we're on Sunday mornings and somebody comes over and puts a hand on you and prays for you, that's, that's next level. Do that. Do that. Man, I don't care if you're in a shopping store. I don't care if you're at a restaurant. You see somebody, you know they're going through somebody. Have the courage. Be bold. Go put a hand on somebody's shoulder and pray for them right then and there. We need that. We need that. It's different than just praying. That's good. It's different, though. Number one, if you're taking notes, Jesus talked to his friends. Talk to some godly friends. Get some good input, right? Just vent. Just, if you're the friend, just let them talk. You don't have to solve it. You're not responsible to solve it. Just hear them. Just let them talk, all right? Number two, Jesus talks to his father. You can talk to your heavenly father, too. Verse 35, he went on a little farther and fell to the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. You ever start your car and that check engine light comes on? You know what I'm talking about? What's that red light? That red light is not the problem, right? That red light is not the problem. What that light is is an indicator that there is a problem and that you should probably take your car to the manufacturer to get it checked out. What is anxiety? Anxiety is not the problem. Anxiety is an indicator that there is something going on and it would be wise for you to take yourself to the manufacturer to get it checked out. The manufacturer, a.k.a. the creator. Your creator. Anxiety is a signal that it's a darn good time to pray. It's time to take what's on your mind to God. Paul told the Philippian church, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, right? Take your requests to God. In everything you should pray. In every situation, take it to God. If it's big enough to worry about, if it's big enough to be on your mind, it's big enough to pray about. It's an important enough to pray about. If you're worried about your marriage, pray about it. If you're worried about your kids, pray about it. Your job, your family, your health, your finances, pray about it. Talk to the Father about it. What is anxiety? It's a signal alerting you. It's time to pray, to go to the Father. He went on a little farther and fell to the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass by. Abba, Father, he cried out. He cried out. Everything's possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. This is what Jesus says to the Father. Raw honesty. I love it. If there's any other way, if there's any other way, let's do that. Father, you can do anything. Everything's possible for you. Please take this cup away from me. Please don't let me go through this. I don't want to suffer in this way. That's God's prayer. I love that we can be totally honest with God. I love that this is included in the Bible so that we can learn that. Jesus doesn't just pray some memorized prayer. It's pure honesty. Parents, teach your kids that, you can, that they can be honest with God when they pray to him. Teach your teens, know it yourself, that you can be honest when you're talking to God. You don't have to be all proper. You don't have to be say the right words. You can just let him know exactly what you're feeling. Do it reverently. Do it respectfully. But be honest with him. Parents, don't just teach your kids memorized prayers. That's okay. But don't just teach them those, right? If you do teach the memorized prayers, take a look at what you're teaching. All right? And I'm not saying anything to you, Emma. 
or anything like that, so don't take that this way, all right? <laughs> but I know the first prayer that I learned was a little messed up. It was just um, a little messed up. First one I learned, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Who came up with that? <laughs> Man, that's just scary, right? Hey, you might die tonight. Telling a little four-year-old kid that, right? If you do die, you better ask that God takes your soul because you don't want somebody else taking your soul, right? That's terrifying. Who came up with that? If you're teaching a memorized prayer, (laughs) make it a good one. Teach your kids. Teach your teens. Know this yourself, that you you can and you should be honest when you pray to God. It's okay. Jesus doesn't pray, God is good, God is great, right? No, raw honesty. He prays from the depths of his soul. He says, take this away. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to go through with this. Man, if there's any other way, please take it away. Peter tells us, cast your cares upon him. Put them on him. Let him have them because he cares for you. Cast them on him. Give them to him. This might look like you saying, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I can take this anymore, God. I promise God would rather have you be honest with him than, than be fake, right? There's no, there's no point in pretending with the God of the universe that knows everything, right? There's no point in being fake. Why pretend that you aren't being crushed? He's big enough to handle your hurt. He's big enough to take your honesty. He knows where it's coming from. He lived this life. Our mediator, Jesus Christ, lived the life. You see the raw honesty that he prayed to the Father. He knows it. We can be honest. There's something healing about telling God when you're afraid, when you doubt when you just don't understand, have you ever just not understood what God is doing? You can tell him that. You can even tell him if you're upset. Upset with him. That you don't get it. Be honest. I don't get this, Lord. Why are you allowing this to happen? Those are some prayers that I've prayed. Why won't you move? Why won't you heal? God, I feel like things are falling apart. God, I'm having trouble trouble trusting you right now. Lord, I can't catch my breath. I feel like I'm not going to make it. That's the kind of raw honesty that he desires. Jesus, my soul is being crushed. I don't want to do this. Please take this away. That's his prayer. Number one, talk to some spiritual friends. Love on each other, right? Number two, talk to your father with honesty from your heart. Number three, here's where we get important. Here's where we get hard. Talk to your feelings. I've got a question. Anybody else get some whacked out feelings in life? Dan, you're quick to raise your hand. That's good. All right. All right. I saw some people nodding your head. You get some whacked out feelings. Like, where in the world did those come from? Right? Yeah. Jody, you better be nodding your head. People say, follow your heart, trust your feelings. Don't do that. No. Yeah, don't do that. Right? Listen, if I follow my feelings, there's a good chance by the end of the week I will be in jail. Right? (laughs) Don't follow your feelings. That's just crazy advice. Your feelings are real. They are important. But your feelings are not always true. So what we want to do is we want to talk to our feelings and tell them, you don't get to lead me. The truth leads me. I mean, do you really want to be led by anger? I have been led by anger. It has not ever taken me to a good place. Don't let your feelings lead you. Well, you made me so angry. You know, it's okay if I act this way. We have have a nation of people who are angry and think it's okay to act on their feelings and look where it's getting us, right? Talk to your feelings. Speak truth to your feelings. Speak God's word to your feelings. 
That's what Jesus did in verse 36. Check this out. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Lord, you can do anything. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. I don't want to drink this cup. I don't want to go to the cross. I don't want to become sin. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Jesus didn't feel like suffering. Who does? He wanted this cup to be taken away. Those were his feelings. He never said, I want to be rejected. I want to be beaten. I want to be tortured, mocked, humiliated, killed in the most painful way. He never once felt like that. He wanted this to not happen. That's what he felt like. But he spoke to his feelings, not my will. Your will be done. Not what I want, but what you want. Your will, Father. Speak to your feelings. Tell them the truth. Whenever you feel like God doesn't love me, right? No, 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 no. God is love. For God so loved the world. For God so loved me, right? I just feel like I'm alone and no one cares. No, right? God cares for me. God has given me a church family that cares for me, and God will never leave me nor forsake me. Whenever I feel like I just can't go on, you tell your feelings, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, right? I'm not a victim. We have a nation of victims. I'm not a victim. I am an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. Right? And by the words of my testimony of what God has done. Don't let your feelings drive your life. They are not the truth. Talk to your friends. Use your earthly support system. Talk to your father, your heavenly support system. And talk to your feelings and tell them the truth the truth of God's word. That's what Jesus did, and it worked. Think about it. Jesus in the garden, almost unable to stand, right? Under the weight of soul-crushing anxiety. One account said he was sweating drops of blood. When the soldiers came to arrest him, when they beat him, when he faced an unjust trial, when he was mocked, when he was crucified, what did he say? He said, no man takes my life. He was resolute. He was strong. He was determined. He was unshakable. No man takes my life. I choose to lay it down. He chose to align his will to the Father's. He went from saying, take this away from me, right? Take this cup, please do it a different way, to I choose to lay my life down. When he's hanging on the cross, when creation is at its worst, when we're mocking him, when we're spitting on him, Jesus looked up to the Father and what did he say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. At the end, he says, it's finished. I did what you asked me to do. It's finished. Into your hands, I commit my spirit. And he gave up his life. How do I deal with anxiety? Talk to Abby. Abby, last night, man, I couldn't sleep. Tell her what's, what's going on, right? Talk to another friend. Lately, I've got a couple friends going through similar things, and we just kind of talk about it together. When I talk to God, I try to be honest, as honest as possible. There's no sense pretending with God. And I'm learning to talk to my feelings. 
and tell them you aren't the truth. When I hear you can't handle it, this is beyond you, just quit, right? No, no, no. Here's the truth from God's word. This is what God says. Man, the Psalms have been speaking to me lately. Psalm 121, I lift my eyes to the mountain. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. God's never sleeping. Psalm 18, 16, he reached down on high and took a hold of me. He drew me out of the deep waters. You ever feel like hearing some deep waters just treading? Let his words speak to your heart. Here's the truth. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of me. Lives inside of you if you put your hope and faith in Jesus Christ. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. God has given me everything I need to do what he's called me to do. And I will not listen to my feelings when they tell me elsewise. Would you stand with me? Paul said this to, from a Roman prison to the Philippians in chapter 4, verse 6. Don't be anxious about anything. We could add some words there, right? Don't be anxious about the virus. Don't be anxious about the economy. Don't be anxious about whatever thing is in the news today or this week, the future, the decisions your child will make, whatever that is. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And watch this. And what happens? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There it is. That's the word of God. That's the truth. Can you give it to him? Can you lay it down? Can you trust him with it? Truly trust him with it. It's the peace of God that will guard you. The peace of God. Not the peace of yourself. Not the peace of this world. The peace of God. The world can't give that, and the world can't take that away. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for including what you've included in it. Father, thank you for showing us the way. Lord, I know that there are people dealing with anxiety, dealing with depression, dealing with worry. People that are just feeling down, feeling a weight over their entire life. Lord, I pray that you would be all over their lives. Pray that you'd speak to their hearts. Father, I pray that they'd be able to entrust everything to you. Lord, and I pray that the peace of God will guard their hearts and minds. Lord, use us with our friends when they come up to us to be that salt and light, to be there for them. Lord, give us opportunities to reach out to people. And Father, reassure us that you love us and that you're there for us. We know it, Lord, but just reassure us if anybody is questioning that. Lord, we give you all praise. In your name we pray. Amen.